Would you bring me a glass of water, please, or a cup of water? A couple things. I forgot to get this to Brent, but on, on next Sunday, Dennis will be preaching for us here. Dennis Mullet. Uh, you can look forward to that. Narita and I are, are married exactly twice as long as Brent and Dawn next week. And so uh, we will be gone uh, most likely over next weekend and possibly over the following. We'll let you know for sure. Uh, it is Father's Day as well, so uh, Dennis will be preaching. And then July 18th, this is something to look forward to. Um, John Schmidt will be here, and he'll have the whole service, as he only can. He'll start with prayer, and, and he'll speak a little bit. So John will be here July 18th um, as well. So uh, that's scheduling that uh, we need to take care of. Also, uh, I'm curious, again... You don't have to raise your hands, but if you're reading through the Gospels, and for those of you visiting, what we have decided to do that is we'd like to learn, as the people in Acts did, the, the Apostles' Doctrine, and we believe that's reading the Gospels. And so we've been reading the Gospels together, one Gospel a week. And I had encouraged people to read it, uh, try as po- much as possible to read it in a whole, in an entirety, if you can. Um, this last week was Mark. Uh, and... I was impressed this last week in reading Mark, how Mark kind of captures the high points. And uh, I I caught that again. Thank you. Thank you very much. And also, how much of Mark is Peter's perspective? So, any other feedback from your gospel reading this week? Okay, uh, this coming week... It is Luke. Enjoy it. And once again, I'd just like to put a plug in. If you can get this Immerse Reading Bible, they have a copy of the Messiah at the Gospel Bookstore in Berlin. And if you can't afford it, let me know. I'll buy it for you, if that's the case. Um, there is an entire <clears throat> six-volume set that goes with it. Now, I also would like to bless the uh, BBS people this last week. Dwendal and Emily, great job. Great job. You your team? Yeah. Uh, Benson and Katasha helped a lot. They're actually on their way to vacation today. They left today for vacation. First time since 2017 they said that they're going away as a family. So um, let's pray for them as they travel. Lots of people camping and traveling and playing ball and doing the other things that happen in the summertime. So some of them are joining us via live stream, so uh, welcome. But yes, thank you so much. I was here on Thursday night and it struck me You know, sometimes you think when you have something like VBS, okay, so why do it? It's just kind of a thing we do every year. But I was so struck by Thursday night. You should have seen the enthusiasm in the children Thursday night. How many kids were here Thursday night? 60 plus. It was just beautiful. They were loud. And it was fun. There was a lot of life and activity. Now, if you were here, if you were involved with VBS, teaching staff, helping... uh, Raise your hands. Yeah. Good. Bless you. Thank you for those people as well. All right, kids, if you were at VBS now, any of the kids who are at VBS, come up. Come on. Come on. You weren't afraid when they were here. Uh, Mike, uh, you want to put that up for me then? So just stay. Yeah, stand. You can stand back here looking at them or whatever. Boy, they come out of the woodwork. I didn't think there were that many here. Um, Michael put uh, something up for us. Okay, so tell me, uh, there it is. 
He did put it up. Do you recognize that? What is that? Proverbs 3. Can, you say it? can we say it together? Okay, let's say it. You can look. Or, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So, what was that this week? Was that one of your verses? So you should try saying that. Remember what I think it was Dwendal said. Try to say that. Was that you, Dwendal, who said try to say that every day or every week here as we go forward? Yeah, that last night. You think you can remember this if we practice it a few times this summer? You know, like the adults are reading through the Gospels. Maybe we children should read, uh, remember this spot every Sunday. Huh? So what did you like about VBS? You want to tell me? It was fun. Yeah. The crafts. What did you make? Wind chimes. Uh-huh. What else did you like? Yeah. The games. Yes. I watched. Food and the snacks. Yeah. I saw some of that. The popcorn that last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The snow cones. Yeah, snow cones. Those are good, too. What did you like? The balloons. Did you see? We had a, an interesting wind. We had an east wind, which is unusual for this area. And they, and they blew west, which was, you could see them a long time, and they went up fast. Yeah. The candy. You had a candy throw out there. Uh, who did it? Jimmy was doing the candy throw for the younger ones. And boy, he had them all riled up till you got your candy. Did you get enough candy? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> did your dad eat yours again? Yeah. All righty. You can go back to your mom and dad. Thank you for coming to BBS. Great hand for the kids. <laughs> Mike, just leave that up. T- please turn your Bibles to uh, Proverbs 3. Your copies of the scriptures to Proverbs 3. Now, uh, we've probably all known these verses. Uh, These are very often quoted in Christian circles. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I I had earlier, I had looked at this and had thought, well, maybe I should sometime preach from that. Then VBS was this, and I'm like, I am going to speak from this passage. Uh, and, and I want to, first of all, I'd like to do a few sermons over the next year. I don't know how many, how it'll all work out, from the book of Proverbs, because I think that this is one of those books that is often kind of uh, misused, maybe, in our circles or in, in Christianity, or people don't quite know what to do with it. Uh, what are these things in here, and do they always come true, and what do we do with these things? Uh, oh, one more thing for the kids. I made a note of this. Did you have any lessons about Jonah and the whale? You did? Yeah. I saw something. Something happened this week. Does anyone know something that happened this week about Jonah and the whale? There was a, a man. He was, he was a diving in the ocean. He was looking for... He was a lobster diver, I think. A lobster diver off the coast of New England somewhere. I mean, it just happened this week. And he, he went down, and suddenly he felt this thing, and suddenly it was black. And here he was in the mouth of a whale. And he was in there, he estimates, between 30 and 45 seconds. And he said he made a commotion, 
and the whale was trying to expel him, and the whale breached and spit him out, broke his leg. But uh, that is not the only time. A number of years ago, uh, when there was still whaling going on, a man fell off a whaling boat, and he um, was swallowed by a whale. And three day, two and a half days later, his shipmates harpooned a whale, drug him up onto the deck of the ship, and cut him open and butchered him, and they found their shipmate inside the whale, and he was still alive. He lived, but he was bleached completely white because of the stomach acids of the, of the whale. That makes Jonah's story make sense because Jonah needed shade afterwards. Now, these things just, uh, they happen, you know? So, anyway, uh, that was for the kids, and that's not about Proverbs 3. I just had that noted down to tell the kids this morning in relation to VBS. So let's think a little bit about Proverbs. In a season, another season of my life, I used to read five Psalms and one Proverbs every day. That way you read through the Psalms and the Proverbs in a month. And that was a healthy exercise. And then I kind of, uh, I went through a time in my life where I would read Proverbs and I'd say, but they don't work for me. They don't work out for me. For instance, I, if you have the copies of Scripture, look here at, at Proverbs 3. And I, I want us to kind of think through the passage that the children learned in, in VBS. And then let's read the eight, three, uh, chap, verses 5 through 8 of chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. And maybe uh, it was a time of uh, lack of faith when I kind of moved away from the Proverbs a little bit, but I would read a verse like verse 8, and it, it would say, it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. And I think, but that's not happening in the way I think it should. And then it would be easy for me to kind of discount the other parts of it. And... I, it was helpful for me to go back to the Proverbs and study what, are a prov- what is a proverb, why are these put together like this, and how should we use this in our, in our world today. Uh, the Proverbs are a form of wisdom literature. Uh, they're common in our time, and every culture has Proverbs. Every culture has Proverbs. And, and Proverbs are, are, they appeal to experience, to common sense, and to our culture. For instance, here is one that doesn't make here is one that doesn't make very much sense to us. A king's child is a slave elsewhere. That's an African proverb, um, and in an area where they have kings, we don't. So, it you know, do you understand what I'm saying? It's like not all of them make sense. Here, I, I was trying to think. Um, well, here's another one. What forgets is the axe, but the tree that has been axed will never forget. It's another African proverb, but we don't use axe on trees. What forgets, what forgets is the chainsaw, but the, cha- the tree that has been chainsawed will never forget. Now, okay, that makes a little more sense to us. I was trying to think, do I know any Amish proverbs? And I thought, well, maybe I'll ask you, but I do know one. My, my grandpa used to use one on me. And, and I actually learned lessons from these proverbs. And you, you know that one? A lazy mule will carry himself to his death, will, will burden himself to his death. As when my grandpa used to see us boys take these, 
you know, if there, if there was a stack of something, and he said, would you carry that over there? And the stack, you should have probably taken three loads, and we boys tried to take it in one load. And he said, a lazy mule will always overburden himself. And fala is a do it. Sounds much better in Dutch. Uh, but it was, it was, the point Grandpa was trying to tell us is, you know what, split that out and take three loads. Your back will bless you forever. And see, there's another proverb. And, and so if I would have done that, if I would have always followed my grandpa's advice, does that guarantee that I'll never have back pain in my life? Of course not. And, and when I stepped kind of back and said, these proverbs, the proverbs as it relates to these, they're two-line couplets. Most of them are two-line couplets. And look at this. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on your own understanding. That's, that's one proverb. It's a, it's a couplet. There's one line. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. On the other hand, don't lean on your own understanding. Most often they're like that, the ne- positive and the negative. Um, and and uh, the second one is, in all thy ways acknowledge him. And th- here in, the, in this case, there, there is a, a, a cause and effect. Or an effect and a cause. Yeah, cause and effect. In all your ways acknowledge him. That's what we should do. The result of that is he will direct your paths. So there's cause, uh, yeah, result oriented. So, so when you think about the Proverbs, when you read the book of Proverbs, remember that, step back from them and say, God's redemptive purpose is restoring man to, restoring man, let me think how to say this, to, and, and damage creation, damage creation as well. Restoring man and creation who were damaged by sin back to their proper functioning. That's God's purpose. He, he wants to restore us to our place in his kingdom where we can flourish. And the Proverbs are ways that we can do that. Now there are principles. Uh, the Proverbs are not, uh, many of the stories have a plot. The Proverbs don't, don't have a plot as much. I was reading through Proverbs and I was, I was using the Merce Bible series, and I thought, well, this one, this one, I like this one. Without oxen, a stable stays clean, but you need a strong ox for a large harvest. Okay, so maybe only Marvin maybe knows this. Uh, without horses, a stable stays clean. You don't have to haul manure. But you need horses in order to harvest. So the reason that the stable is dirty is because you have oxen in them and the oxen will help you, so don't complain about taking care of the oxen. And, and again, that's a, that it fits their culture and their world. And some of them are bigger, even bigger, uh, than, than that. And, and the ones that we're looking at today are... Now, I just want to say one more, couple more things about Proverbs. Uh, there are three principles in the book. The wise, the fool, and the simple. The wise the fool, and the simple. Uh, the wise is one, the, those who have learned to live out their relationship with God while on the earth. The fool is the person who is steadily opposed to God's covenant. And the simple are the ones who are not, either not committed, they're not committed to either wisdom or folly. And there are also degrees of wisdom and degrees of foolishness in, in the book. And by the way, the ultimate sin in the book of Proverbs is to be wise in your own eyes. That's the ultimate sin. We'll look at that in a minute. 
And uh, the, the, the word wisdom in Proverbs means it has nuances of skill. So the skill of choosing the right course of action for the desired result. Now that's the kind of the context. That you don't put historical context to, to this as much as you say, what is the, the meaning? So think about skill. Someone who's really skillful in work. It's because they've applied themselves to that in a good way. I, I think about jam making. I Recently I got out um, the uh, jalap- uh, fruit jalapeno jam that Brent made. And I know they tested those and worked with those and got the flavors just right. They have skill in that. I would not know where to start. How much pepper do you put in to the fruit? How much sugar do you add? How do you cook you know, they've developed skill, wisdom in that. And there is nothing wrong with Christians developing wisdom for the world in which we live. In fact, we honor God when we become really good at what God has called us to do. We honor God when that is the case. The Bible, uh, by the way, one more thing. Proverbs are not laws. And, and they're also not promises. If you do this, this will happen. It, they generally, they, they, it is most often the result of something happening. For instance, here's one that uh, many hands make light work. Or too many cooks spoil the broth. Have you heard that one? Too many cooks spoil the broth. Well, just go to an Amish barn raising. And you need many cooks to spoil the broth. The spo- broth isn't spoiled. So that proverb doesn't work there. But generally, too many cooks do spoil the broth. I, if I work in the kitchen, I like working in it alone because if it's a good, I like people to say, boy, you did good. And if it's bad, I, I want to take the honor for being bad too. Um, but do but you understand too many cooks if, because one person won't, won't know what the other one does. And, and, so, and yet you can't apply it universally. And, and the same is true across the board. Now, there are some proverbs, though, where they, they can be universally applied, and this is one of them. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I was thinking about this, and I, I, in, in these set of verses, verses 5 through 8, and verses 5 and 6 are here, but verses 5 through 8, there, there's the three factors of God restoring redemption in our world. If you want to t- talk about how Eden was, practice these three things, and Eden will come to earth. Now, it won't be perfect around us, but it'll come to your heart. First of all, it it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. What is it that we're supposed to trust in God for? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. So that that word, all thine heart, or all your heart, that means with your entire being. So what does it mean for us to trust in the Lord with all our being? I'm thinking about this. It's easy for us to quote these verses. But what do they really mean? And I think that, let me offer something. I think that God wants us to trust our past Him. Our entire being. Our past. He wants us to trust that the the, the way we have lived in the past, the brokenness of our past, He has brought redemption to that. through, through, Through Jesus. So how many of you... um, have things in your past that you think, boy, whenever you think about them, you feel this kind of shame. If, if you're honest, you probably do. Times where you, you didn't live well. You know what? You can trust those to Jesus, that Jesus has brought redemption and healing and forgiveness to those places. 
Trust in the Lord with your past. And then trust in the Lord with our present. Like what is it that you're facing right now in your lives that, that you're saying, I don't know what to do with this? Maybe none of you are in this place. But I, well, I, I, I think if you're honest though, you, you say, well, maybe I am. Because none of us know the future perfectly. None of us know the future perfectly. And so none of us, none of us know what tomorrow will bring. Or even this afternoon. And so what we're saying when we're saying we trust in the Lord is we trust that the things that come our way, God is bigger than those things. Do you believe that? That God is bigger than what comes your way. So we trust in the Lord with the brokenness of our past. We trust in the Lord with the unknownness of our present. And and we trust in the Lord for our future. Over and over, and I've thought about it in Sunday school this morning, this is a group of people who are suffering. The church at Smyrna. They're suffering. They're, they're, They're poor in a rich world. As I see your poverty, but yet you are rich. But every time, many times, that when, when, when God addresses people who are broken and suffering, he says, don't forget, I am the beginning and the end. I have always been, and I always will be. And so when we think about trusting God for a future, we know what our future looks like because we know God. Now, are there unknowns in our future? Sure. But if we, if we trust in the Lord with all our hearts, our future is not unknown. It is known by God, and He is the one who matters. There is a reason that Hebrews 13, I think, 8 says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is, what, that is where I put my trust. That is where I put my trust, because Jesus was, is, and will be. And when we, when we can put our trust in that, what happens is that we become people who are willing to live well in our own world. And then it says, and lean not unto thine own understanding. Now our own understanding would say this, build buildings, build larger, build your box. I love this. Brent, Brent uh, talked in Sunday school about something he saw this week where a man, uh, help me out Brent, I want to get this exactly, the man at the end, he, he, he suddenly realizes that everything he has is, is going to be whisked away in a stock market crash. He's on top of a building, large building he owns, a skyscraper. And, and his son comes up and he says, I have built, yeah, I have built this, the box. Mm-hmm. You're building your own coffin. So, so trust in the Lord, but lean not unto thine own understanding. Your own understanding would say, build, make your legacy, create your world, make it work for you. And when you're doing that, you're only building your own coffin. And, and, and the writer of Proverbs is saying, you want to live outside the coffin? You want to live outside the coffin? Trust in the one who always was, is, and will be. Because that removes all the barriers of living well in our world. So trust in the Lord. And then, and then immediately following that he says, acknowledge him in all your ways. So as we are trusting in the Lord, we say, 
this is the Lord's work. If anything good comes from this, it's the Lord's work. If we can knock the sides of our coffins out and flatten them and walk out of that death that is this present world into life and live well, then we say, that's not in me. That's Jesus. That's Jesus in me. The Apostle Paul, he, he had been a man who brought death. How would you like to go to church with people who killed your father and mother? How would you like to sit in church with a man who, who, who killed people in your church? And he gets up to preach. I'm sure there were some barriers there. But the Apostle Paul recognized something when he, found, when he discovered who Jesus was. He recognized that Jesus was bigger than the world he was trying to create. And so he, he learned to trust in the Lord, move away from his own building of that, and then in all his ways, in, in all our ways, we should acknowledge him. And if anything good comes from us, it is God. And we also recognize with them that he will make, uh, by the way, the, the second phrase there, and he shall direct thy paths. One of the ways you could say that really well in Hebrew is he, he will make straight your paths. He will make the road straight before you. To make a way that you continually press toward a goal. And, and this is about finding our way in the world. In a broken world. This is about finding our way in that. There is an insanity in trusting ourselves. Think about that. There is an insanity in trusting ourselves. By our own admission, we do not know everything. Yet we live like it. So acknowledge him in all your ways. But then he says, but, but be very careful in verse 7. Be not wise in your own eyes. Don't be impressed by your own wisdom. Don't you just love being around people who are impressed by their own wisdom? When they say something, they say it with great wisdom. And all of us want to take a pin and poke the balloon. And it goes, pop! Because... We all recognize that there's a piece of ourselves in that person. So trust in the Lord. Acknowledge that He is the one who makes the paths straight. And don't be so impressed by your own wisdom. In fact, um, the ultimate sin in Proverbs, like I said, is to be wise in your own eyes. And when we're saying, I am really wise... What we're really saying is, I don't need God. So, note that in verse 7, Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. And turn away from evil. So don't be wise in your own eyes. Don't be so impressed by your own wisdom. Now some of us, some of you, uh, well, now some of us, I hope all of us, are growing wiser and wiser. And yet, when we can honestly acknowledge that we, don't know very, that we don't know very much, then we are really becoming wise. One of the things that a good education should always do for students is to teach them how little they know. Think about this. If you know this much, uh, th this amount of space, that amount of space touches the unknown. If you know this much... That amount of space touches the unknown. And so the more you know, the more you realize that you don't know. 
That is the true test of wisdom. As we learn about God, we learn about the natural world, we learn about skills and so on, the more we can understand what we don't know. And you know what? It's much better to be around people who know that they don't know very much than people who think they know a lot. And so there's something very practical in this. Trust in the Lord, acknowledge Him, and don't be so impressed with your own wisdom that you forget to fear the Lord. And when that happens, the results in verse 8, it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. And when we don't need healing, when we don't need refreshment, by the way, that word, uh, this would be better translated like this. It will be healing to your navel and a cool drink of water to your bones. The original would have said that. And the, the um, Hebrews saw the navel as a source of life. For a baby had received its life from its mother. That's where we need healing. The place where we find the source of life. Where is it you find your life? And, and the writer of Proverbs is saying, if we trust in the Lord, if we acknowledge Him, if we are not so impressed by our own wisdom... That is the place where we can really truly find healing because then we are prepared to find that cool drink of water that will bring refreshment to us. As I think about this passage today and how can we apply it this week, you'll face plenty of opportunities this week where you need to trust. Some of you will face them at your work. Some of you will face them with your family. Some of you will face them in relationships. Some of you will face them in in other places. But all of you will face them. Who do I trust here? What, What am I going to do? Am I going to lean to my own understanding? Or am I going to put my faith and trust in God, the one who knows what is in the past, the one who is in the present, and the one who will be in the future? And then, when we understand that, then we can say, I acknowledge that he has directed my paths and he has brought me to this place. And Jesus, I need to learn from you. I need more wisdom. I need more understanding. I need to keep learning. And I need to understand what what is the fear of the Lord. That is actually a refreshing place to live because what we're saying is, I can put it into the hands of someone who knows and trust him to bring healing to me. Let's stand together. Almighty God, Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that we would be grounded and settled in your truths by the coming of your Holy Spirit in our lives and into our hearts to take this portion of Scripture and make it applicable and connectable to the issues that we face. Take the words that were uttered here this morning with the understanding that they come from a broken man and apply them powerfully and directly to each of our hearts. Thank you that you were and are and will be. And bless each one who is here this morning those who joined us via live stream, I pray that you would bless 
each of us this week. And I pray a special blessing on the team who put VBS together and the children who were here. And I pray that as they think about this verse, that you would make this the strongest part of their lives as children, as they grow into adulthood. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pray.